0: My name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our don't sue us don't sue us if you didn't want us to make a podcast about you then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family so it's kind of your fault but don't sue us don't sue us you know who you are so don't do it don't sue us don't sue us Five, four, three, two, one, and we're on air. That was like perfectly accurate. hi everybody, welcome to our Playing in Traffic podcast where we talk about the WIMSCOG and all of our crazy experiences and we share them together. Today we're talking with Sarah, and thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on today. Hi. Hi, I'm Sarah. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Thanks for coming.
1: Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too.
0: So, Sarah, you were baptized uh, 2015, right? In New, yes. New York. Yes. And yeah. you left in 2018. So that's yes. pretty recent. Yeah. Pretty recent coming out. So, uh, so tell us, how did you find out about the Wimscog? Where were you in your life when you when you got baptized?
1: Can I curse? Because I'm yeah. in a really yeah. shitty situation. Yeah. So um, I guess before I ended up there, um, my mom, we didn't really have, like, a good relationship um, due to, like, mental illnesses, me not getting it, an 18-year-old not going to get it, of course. um, And then also I recently left for my dad's house and then went to my mom's house. So it was, like, a really really hard time for me emotionally and also physically too. So um,
0: you said you were eighteen at the time?
1: Yeah, I was eighteen. I just recently turned eighteen. Okay. Yeah. So then um, I wanted to I I actually wanted to go to college upstate. And due to wanting to go to college upstate, I wanted to see like what I need to do, like financial aid wise. And then my aunt told me that her niece through her boyfriend she works in financial aid so she could give me some tips well she was in the church so Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so she gave me pointers which is awesome and then she told me hey you know you're not in this situation like you were telling me about and you know this place could help you out like emotionally and I was like no let me call you right there no So she tried to, like, she sent me messages a couple of times, and I kept saying no. And due to her bothering me so much, I wanted to be this nice person, and I wanted to say her to F off, but I'm just really nice, I guess. And I told her, okay, I'll give it a try, and then if I don't like it, please just stop talking to me about the church. Uh, Just to give you a background, my... Mom was actually Seventh Day Adventist. My dad was Catholic. Well, he's Catholic. So, but due to the difference of religion, they did not raise me in any type of religion. They raised me as agnostic. I got baptized the same day I went to the church. Actually, yeah, Yeah. immediately. Yeah, immediately. Actually.
0: So, So you went to it sort of skeptical, not skeptical, but like fine, I'll go just to be nice. But then when you went, were you really like, okay, this is cool?
1: Yeah, because I guess now that I'm out, they knew the questions I had. And that's why they did the study that they did, which is like, uh, what is it? The Forgiveness of Sins. Um, I, I now forget the whole name. It's so long. But the, the, the st- first study, The Forgiveness of Sins, whatever. And they did that study. I guess it was targeted because I always wonder more beyond than this earth and why we're here i always had that question even since i was a kid like i would tell my dad like why are we here he's like because of god i'm like why and i kept saying why 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 and never got an answer so i, I did tell her i always wondered that and i guess i guess no they targeted the with that um uh, study and i guess it shocked me in a way and I just said, eh, f it. I'll go, and then I kept going. I at the beginning I was, I was, I guess I was intrigued to know more what they they think and and the teachings that they have because I so to to put it briefly like I'm a history major, but I specialize in in religion and ancient society. That's my specialization. If I do a master's, that's gonna be that. And I guess I'm always intrigued to know more information about human beings and and beyond and this earth and so on. Yeah. So
0: that's good that that curiosity is still with you after your experience with the Wimshurst.
1: Oh, it really fuels me even more to yeah. want to know more.
0: What did your parents think? So my mom.
1: I'm making that face because it was like. (laughs) So my mom is uh, as Hispanic as it can be. So when I'm saying that is in the sense of like, who the heck do you think you are by coming home at 12 at night? This is my house. This is my rules. And if you want to go do your own thing, you can get out of my house and do your own thing. So that's what happened that whole month. So I had to lie a couple of times. And say I was like going out with friends and stuff. That was the only way. And there was a couple of times I did tell her, "Hey, I'm going, I'm going to a church. I'm not doing anything wrong." And she, I guess she was still skeptical about it because who goes to a church at 11 at night? You know, she she thought I was going out with like a boyfriend or something. <laughs> and then I was lying to her, which would make sense as a mom. It would make sense. Yeah,
0: Yeah, who would expect, okay, sure, daughter, you're going out to church at midnight. But you were.
1: Yes. So she was shocked when she actually was like, oh, you really are. (laughs) Out of all places. So I guess with that month, she was more skeptical and and scared because also New York City is not that safe to be going out on the train, there's a lot of crazy people, you know, things happen after a certain hour. I guess she was scared for that. And then she went. She went with me just to see. She looked around and you could see her face of like, hmm. mm Mm-hmm. Just just, everything they were telling her like, she just kept saying, "Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. She did do a study one time when when she did get baptized about like the Seventh-day Adventist and on and that's when it clicked and she's like oh, okay i'm out of here mm.
0: so she got baptized yeah she did get baptized wow Ooh, okay to, we gotta go back to this okay how long before she went the first time with you to her studying and being baptized
1: it took two years okay to get to that point yeah it took two years to get to that point but the first year i kept going she just told me like you can go, whatever you want. After she went, she said, You know, you can go, whatever you want, you can believe whatever you want. I really don't mind that as long as you don't come home at 11 at night, 12 a.m. As long as you do that, I'm okay with it. Like, whatever you want to do,
0: yeah. you were able to do that. The church kind of allowed you said, Okay, my mom said I got to be home before two, yeah, okay. yeah,
1: for for a while. Let's just say that they they, they, let, they let me like roll back a bit for a while until. Now that I'm out, I see that they did that to kind of like woo me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I did that for like, I guess like six months. To I, I came home at eleven or like ten thirty. That was like my curfew, and I kept doing that for a while. And then I started pushing boundaries again to try to stay until eleven at night. So it was like a slow back to get to that point. And that's where a lot of problems rose again. Yeah, after like a, a year and a half in, then she said, let's try it out again and see what they have to say. And then that's when she started doing studies. And then also my aunt around that time also came too. And she was like, they literally got baptized around the same time.
0: Wow. Do you feel like they. Did a lot of love bombing to them?
1: They didn't. They thought it was like fake attack.
0: <laughs> Why do you think they got baptized? Do you think that they believe?
1: For me. For oh, me. Yeah. I, I. They told me after when I was out. Like my aunt told me though. My mom, she did tell me that she got b- baptized just for me. To kind of keep the peace. Wow. They between. love you so much.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. just to keep the peace. That's
0: what they did. Were you happy when she was baptized? Were you like thanks to father and mother, all my dreams have come true, all my prayers are answered. Is that what it was like? Or did no. you kind of know she was doing it for you?
1: I knew it. I knew yeah. she was doing it for me. I, I, I felt, I guess, let me put it this way. like When she got baptized, that's when a lot of questions started ri- rising to me, but I just didn't gave it too much mind, I guess. So that's, uh, I guess I didn't feel like too happy about it. I was like a little relieved because, you know, the Passover and all of that, like, I was like, okay, at least she's going to heaven because she's taken the Passover. And so in some ways, it's a win-win, I guess. So I was, a, I, I guess, a little relieved, but not necessarily happy, per se. I was a little iffy about it, mm-hmm. but I didn't know why. I thought it was just like, I was being weird about it. I thought I was just like a teenager, like, Ugh, my mom was going to embarrass me, <laughs> mm. type of thing. But I think it was something more, I guess. I guess my feeling was, I already knew there was something weird about the church. And I, in some ways, I wanted to protect my mom because I knew she had some mental illnesses and she could be triggered at any moment because of anything. And that's literally what happened. I'm okay. worried about how they're going to react to her, how everything they going to do. Like, is she going to do something because my mom was very aggressive? And so well, it's a
0: very controlled environment. It's very um, everybody's in uniform doing the same thing. So I can imagine you'd be anxious if like your mom were to do something different because it's scary yeah. in that social situation to be different.
1: Basically, I mean my mom she suffered from very severe bipolar disorder and paranoia and schizophrenia as well. So that environment's not good for somebody that no. suffers from that. It's like the opposite of good. <laughs> it's we've like, talked
0: about like, that before. Than
1: steroids.
0: Yeah, we've talked about that before. How like just a little bit of mental illness or like instability. And like that doctrine is really dangerous.
1: Yeah, like I suffer from a general uh, anxiety disorder. So I get really triggered really easily. And while I was there, like I was in my worst type of environment, like feelings, like I just to put it a lot of triggers when you get, like triggers from anxiety disorder, you tend to bite your nails and you tend to have a lot of scratches. I have scratches all over my, my body and my nails were like literally thin. Like right now they're good, but they were like short, short while I was there just because I was biting my nails a lot. So they, they really like made it worse, my whole situation of having anxiety. I, I honestly like I feel like they do say like oh it goes away and it's all about like believing and, and you just need to believe in father and mother that's bull crap. like complete bullshit if I'm being honest like it doesn't help it doesn't help the fakeness the, the toxic positivity is like dude the toxic positivity doesn't help anybody at all
0: you know those churches where they deny medication to people who have like cancer or something because they want to pray. But what about churches like this who deny, you know, their mental health care? Like I never once heard anybody tell us you to go to therapy there or like get at, you know, like see a doctor for your anxiety. Nobody would ever say that. Like anxiety would be a sin. That is way simple, right? Don't you think?
1: Yeah. And I remember talking to um, the missionary who's not an elder. I won't, on na- I won't drop names, but I'm still salty about that, that he knows about this whole situation. is like really annoying. But anyways, <laughs> I told him my worries about my mom being in that environment. I told him, you know, is there any way that we can transfer her here Because I would rather her being close to me. That way I know that she's good. And she feels closer to me. Like that way we're good. He's like, no, she needs to do it by herself. She needs to do the the whole thing by herself. And I told him like, you know, she, she has very severe mental illnesses. It's very triggering. And my mom has been depending on me since I was 13 years old. You can't change that. Like I need... She needs to be with me. And I love my mom and all, but like we had a really hard, I had a really hard childhood, and she really depended on me as being a single mom. So you can't expect her to do well by herself in a church. That she doesn't know anybody there. And it basically backfired. Mm. <laughs> but the th- the thing is that he said that we don't we don't tell our members to not drink their medicine we don't tell them to not go to their therapies actually we encourage them to go and when I when I was sitting there I thought to myself I'm like that's crap. and then I said to myself I'm like why am I thinking this <laughs> like I literally corrected myself at that moment I said you shouldn't be thinking those things that's not okay to think like that mm. he, he's not lying to you And yeah, they they basically made her feel like she was crazy. And that's like the worst thing you could do to somebody that has mental illness, especially bipolar. Like, that's, you shouldn't do that. You really shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So, how long after she was baptized before you started seeing like a negative effect on her mental health? A month. A month? Wow. Yeah. Quick.
1: It, yeah, it was really that quick. She she so the first two weeks she was really hyped she was really good like people were really nice to her everybody was good and then after she started doing the studies about um what was it I think those studies that's when she started questioning she's like I don't know about this like this is, doesn't make any sense to me. Like I get the fact of being fallen angels. I always believed that. But then you're telling me that this second coming of Christ man is the one. And then she said, Where are his books? Where does it say this? <laughs> Where does it everything that he's saying? I wanna see it. And and then she went to the internet and then I said to one of the sisters that's taking care of her that she went to the internet and then that's like that was the last draw because then they set everybody down. And they did the video of you going to the internet, and it was targeted to her, and she knew it was targeted to her. And with the paranoia that she has, she started just throwing f bombs everywhere, and it was yeah, it was it was really bad. Like, so I she actually
0: reacted when she was watching it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I she reacted. Remember. Yeah. yeah. In front of all of them, she just told them, like you guys don't care about anybody. You don't care about me. You just care about my money. And I think you're just lying to me. You're trying to manipulate me. This is not ok. And they try to instead of trying to calming her down, they try to make it seem like she's crazy and just delusional. And that's just <laughs> you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that at
0: that moment. She yeah. sounds amazing. She sounds like she knew exactly yeah. what she was talking about. Pretty much. Pretty much. So then did they kick her out of the church after that? No,
1: they just I I guess because of they didn't kick her out. She left. She just said, uh, I'm I'm leaving." But she didn't make like a huge scene in front of everybody. It was like mainly in the group she was in that she made a like a small scene like my mom is not about uh like making a huge scene but she was I guess she was intense is Uh what I should say she was intense Uh and that's where she started like cursing and stuff so but she left and then she actually came back like three months after trying to make amends and then she left a week after I guess she said, let me try one more time. I think the third should be a charm. And the third was a charm to leave. That was it. To leave. Oh, wow. And she left.
0: Did all of this make you start thinking, hmm, maybe my mom is on to something. Maybe I should look into what she's saying.
1: Um, not necessarily. Uh actually when she did leave, um, we actually got into a huge fight that I stopped talking to my mom for those couple months before she came back. And then because she stole from me, she took my money. I was like, I guess she was trying to teach me a lesson. She gave my money back, but the fact that she broke that trust it was like crazy to me. But she said to me that she was trying to teach me a lesson of the fact that that's what they're trying to do to you. They're trying to steal from you and think that they're breaking your trust, the same way that I did to you. In her own way, she tried to teach me a lesson. It wasn't the greatest thing to do. But in her own way, she she was just trying to get my attention. Right. But I just, I left the house and went to my aunt's house and stayed there for a couple months. And during that time, I was very involved in the church.
0: Was your aunt still in the church at this time?
1: No, she got baptized, and within the same time she got baptized as my mom. Um, they only had like a two weeks difference when they got baptized. When she got baptized, she left a week after, and so she didn't. She was just like, uh, "I'm not about the life of like following orders," so <laughs> she just left. And that's it.
0: Smart lady. Do you, feel like, do you feel like when your mom freaked out, that because you'd spent your childhood, like, guiding your mom through her, through her, like, ups and downs emotionally? Do you think that maybe that, like, um, solidified a little bit more of the church doctrine for you? Like, did you feel more like the church is the place for me because my mom is rejecting it, but she's always kind of done that? Do you think yeah,
1: that- I, I, I guess the church brought more stability. And that's why I, I wanted to be there more yeah. than anything because of stability than anything else. Because, you know, love wasn't there. Um, a good environment of talking and stuff like that wasn't there. So I guess it's just stability because I didn't really have stability growing up.
0: Yeah. And it's like that structure. I could see like if yeah. you chaotic childhood wanting to, like, find the group that has this, like, structure and this format that's easy to follow?
1: Yeah, like, just, I, I guess it's just the structure that I was looking for, like, I was yearning for structure, and just, like, during that time, I was more involved, I really wanted to be in it, and I, I really tried my hardest to believe in, like, god the mother like I really had a problem with her like literally the thought of having a god the mother like even though I'm such a free thinker and just having multiple gods is fine it's just her it's always since the beginning I always was like I don't know man like it's just something not sitting right with me and I even told the sister I was like I just don't get it
0: Like her as a person?
1: Yeah, like just the fact of coming and and I don't know.
0: Like just her being like a human on the earth that is God?
1: Not even that. It's just the way that they explained it. It just didn't sit right. Like something there since the beginning, something wasn't sitting right. And as much as I put my finger on it, I just couldn't put it. And not it I strange could say how it. we
0: have those little nagging things that that stay with us, but we just ignore them? Yeah, I'm like gonna you're, try I'm, not to. I'm gonna try not to ignore my instincts and my intuition anymore because <laughs> that kind of got me in trouble. I um, even
1: even nowadays, I I drive and I'm like, I'll oh, I'll listen to my gut. I need to go this way. I listen to my gut when it's telling me to go a certain way. Yeah, and then I I come back home. Yeah, I come back home, try to make peace with her. The main thing why I came back home is she got pregnant, and I I was, like, I was feeling bad. I mean, I came back, she was pregnant, and I really wanted to help her out and whatever I needed. Did we have a greatest relationship? No, but we try to, at least after that fallout and having that space, we were like, you know what, let's just at least agree to disagree. The first time, I guess when I started doubting, um, was my history class. (laughs) So I did a history class, right? And then we're talking about Greece. Out of all places, we're talking about ancient Greece and how Greece was dissolved after Alexander the Great. Mind you, I did, uh, uh, what is it? The Davis Prophecy, three days before. (laughs) And so the the teacher told uh, us how after Alexander the Great actually the kingdom was dissolved by ten kingdoms, not three. Right after it, I was like, huh. interesting, interesting, interesting."
0: Immediately, did you feel like your teacher had it wrong, or were you like the church had it wrong?
1: I asked the teacher. Actually, I went on the teacher. I was like, "So, so did the did." The, 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 Greece actually uh, break up into three kingdoms right after or, or is it like they broke up in ten, and then like a week after they, there was like three generals after that. He's like no actually it was like like a hundred years after <laughs> I was like oh whoa that's a huge difference <laughs> and then uh he said uh oh, where are you getting this information from I'm like oh a place and then I went back and I was like, you know, uh, so something I, I gathered from my history teacher actually, that w- we might be having some some miscommunication, or, or maybe I got it wrong, or maybe I didn't listen right, or I didn't get the notes right. But can you please tell me if I'm wrong? But you said it was three kingdoms right after that, under the Thunder the Great, and it was like a 10. And the missionary just told me, you're being picky. The point is that it broke into three kingdoms. I'm like, the point is not that, the point is that it broke into 10 kingdoms and you're telling me it was three. So which one is it? And then he kept saying, you know, father and mother wouldn't want you to be picky. I'm like, huh, okay, okay. And then I just left it there and I just put it in the back burner. I did become obsessed with the evidence book. (laughs) Like, I literally started looking at the evidence book. I think I looked at that evidence book maybe, like, ten times because I really wanted to know where they're gathering this information. And funny enough, in the evidence book, it did not say three kingdoms. So I really don't understand how in the evidence book says one thing and then the other thing. Maybe the one that I was seeing. Because, you know, they change it. So I don't know they do tend to change a lot of stuff when it doesn't fit them so
0: you know so evidence books are like oh i have one i have one it's like um our news articles pictures evidence 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 you know, so cool. it has like the evidence. daniel prophecy so it'll show you like the statue it has all these pictures of the pope and his um you know hats and all that stuff yeah triggering huh To
1: me, the book is like blasphemy for historians. That book is blasphemy for historians. It's like, geez, it shouldn't even exist. If you're not going to quote right, it shouldn't
0: exist. So when you went through the evidence book, you found a lot of different um, discrepancies? I found a lot of,
1: um, yeah a lot of stuff and i started asking questions a lot of questions a lot of questions and they started getting annoyed at me like they started even putting me away from the sisters because i would start asking between the uh, the group meetings i was like look i found this stuff right here that does not make any sense can you please explain it to me like like also the roman empire i'm like dude that's not right it broke more than 10 kingdoms you're forgetting about the Byzantine empire what is
0: going on here which is a really big one right it's, really one. it's huge <laughs> like yeah. that's a huge empire that's a freaking big chunk of the Roman like it literally we never heard of that in the Wimscog ever <laughs> like you you got maybe 60 percent of the Roman
1: empire <laughs> <laughs> Just, they literally just see all oh, the Eastern side of Roman Empire. and they just like they just brush brush it over the rest of the the Daniel's prophecy. they just they just gloss it over, and that's it. Like, you, you, the, I guess in a way they're just thinking we're not going to think about that.
0: I just had a realization they don't study Daniel prophecy with a newcomer. They only study that with like, people who already believe so maybe by the time you get to that study you're already trusting them uh, so much and you're already believing it that you're able to that we were able to overlook all that misinformation maybe that maybe that is part. yes because I did I, I remember when I did
1: Daniel's prophecy I did have that question in my mind and I kept saying like I have a question like all the studies I always said I have a question I have a question I have a question and they kept saying, Sarah, uh, we'll leave it after the the study. And by right. doing that, I would forget about the damn question. <laughs> yeah. And okay. I, I remember I had that question about the Eastern side, but I, I, I guess I forgot about it. Because obviously, obviously I'm going to forget about it. So I, I forgot about it.
0: <laughs> wow. Until years
1: later. I kept trying to just be like... You know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Like, I kept saying, like, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just I'm not good. And maybe it's like the devil and stuff like that. I'm like, and I would tell in my mind, I'm like, devil, F you, get the hell out of my head. (laughs) Like, can you believe a church member cursing in their head? I remember
0: (laughs) cursing out the devil too. Like, get out of here, devil. I think we would talk to the devil in our head. I
1: think, I think the devil, the devil was just us yes. telling us. Oh <laughs> it was God. our subconscious saying, "Sarah, get out of it. Just step out of it already."
0: All right. Um, I want to know what. I want to know how you got out because leaving is the hardest part.
1: So okay. So basically, I guess my mom passed away in 2017 so when she passed away it was a huge thing because I guess it was sudden so that happened
0: so your mom passed away when you were still in the church
1: yeah she passed away when I was still in the church and that day the people I needed the most did not come and that really like pissed me off like a lot because I, I needed them. And all they told me is like, we'll pray for you. Mm. We'll pray for you. I was telling them she's in the, in the of surgery. I'm not sure what's happening. Even though I did feel she's not going to come back. It's, it's a weird feeling, but to just know. I told them I'm freaking out. She didn't take the Passover. I'm like, what is going to happen? And they told me, well, she didn't take the Passover. Therefore, she took her own decision. And we can only pray right now. When I tell you, I almost threw my phone at the wall. (laughs) It's an understatement. I really wanted to choke somebody that day. That's awesome. And the only person that came... That I'm really grateful for. It's my husband. My now husband. We were just dating. Literally dating like three weeks prior. And he came. Um, and he just sat there for me. And yeah. After that. I was really devastated. They expected me to go to church. She, she passed away on a Thursday. Actually no. Yeah, she passed away on a Thursday on Friday. They came on Friday, my group leader. She came on Friday to visit me, and quote, and see how I was doing. And they brought food. They're like, We're really sorry. I'm really sorry for what happened to you. I'm like, Okay, great. Yeah, okay. So they went to they came to the to the hospital. They saw my sister because I have a, uh, the baby sister, because my mom was pregnant. You can put in the thoughts what happened. Um, and they came. They brought food. Um, they were trying to see, like, how I'm doing. They try to see my sister, maybe sister. And then after that, they left, because they had to do the cleaning or whatever. Um, and then they said, you know, you need to come the next day, because then Satan is going to, like, Try to get you in this vulnerable times and whatnot, and so I came the next day on a Saturday, went to the church. I wasn't feeling too well, so I left it a little early. I did do the last uh, the last service, but I didn't really stay. I just went back home and went back to the the apartment we're staying in. So after that. Um, the next couple of months were really hard because we had a little baby. As you know, <laughs> if you're a mom, uh, it's not really the best time to be trying to go to services when there's like a newborn, basically. And due to my mom's passing, we had to go to court, do all this thing. It was a shit show, basically. It was a shit show. And they were trying to get me to work. At the same time, Gift died, died, the 10%, it was around seven to eight people for me to take care of basically. And they wanted me to still preach, still be involved because I was an assistant to one of the team leaders as well, taking care of the the group, taking care of my sisters, taking care of everybody. That just really broke me. the next couple of months, it was like really harsh. And I guess eventually it just said, I'm not giving my 100%. I really need to grieve my mom. Something got to give. And I think my thought at the moment, if I grieve my mom properly, <laughs> I can come back and be clear. <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> so I never went back after I left. But... Many things happened throughout the year. Like, for example, I started questioning a lot of things, like the the thighs. They were telling me I need to get the 10%. Money was not great at the time, and things were not doing great. The first thing that they told me, things are not doing great, is because I'm not giving my thighs. And I said, what are you talking about? Like, I can't give... 10% 10% of my paycheck if I'm just getting $500 a week and I need to feed a family of seven and I need to get 10% and offerings and extra money, tell me where am I getting that money from? Because I'm not getting it from dinner. So
0: So Sarah, when your mom died, you got custody of all your siblings? Is that what happened?
1: Not necessarily. My aunt has custody right now. Okay. Because I was working a lot, I couldn't go to court. So she took the custody of them. But actually, funny story. She took custody. I was not supposed to be baptized with my little sister. That happened. So I went against her. Yeah, that happened. Funny story with that, which also adds to me leaving because it was just really sneaky. Um, The missionary at the time. He told me, like I was telling him, I'm I'm really scared for my sister because she's not doing the Passover and she's a baby. Like, what if something happens, blah, 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 blah. Like, what can we do? And he said, you know, she's your sister. So just bring her one day and then we just baptize her. Your aunt is not here. We can just do it. And I did that. <laughs> I went against my aunt and my mom's wishes. At the
0: time. Mm. Crazy to even think about it. Illusional. You did because you were told as your mom was dying that she wasn't going to heaven because she didn't celebrate Passover. So of course your thought yeah. was save my baby sister. It makes Pretty sense. Much. It makes sense. I mean it's it doesn't make you sound crazy. It makes that missionary sound like a dick. <laughs> He's a real dick. He's a piece of work. Um, Sarah, like I'm so work. sorry. I just want to say I'm so sorry because all of that really sucks and everything they said to you was so awful. It's like the Which worst thing to say to someone in that situation. Let me think of all the things that you could possibly say that are the worst and those are them. <laughs> Good for you for leaving, though. It took You're a fine.
1: lot of strength. Yeah, it, it took a lot of strength and really self-reflection to to get out of that mentality but i think also what led to that point of me really realizing that it's it's i need a break was because i was i wasn't preaching as much i wasn't involved as much like i was really slacking i wasn't really into it anymore on saturdays and one of my team leaders at the time she told me you know if you really want mother to forgive your mom you should start preaching start doing the things that you need to do and that was the moment I was like what are you talking about like what do you mean and she said you just you need to by your deeds your mom can be forgiven and like that's the biggest bullshit you've ever told me (laughs)
0: It's like they recognized your mom's death against you. Yeah, they did, and I, and so I didn't feel that. So you recognized it right away, or did you feel what they were saying was true, or were you just like, "You're crazy"? No, I I felt
1: annoyed. I felt icky, like I felt kind of disgusted yeah. by it. Not against her, because obviously, like we all believe all that crap. It's subdimissionary. He knew that stuff. I'm going to hold it until the end of time, but I think the majority of people really believe in, in everything that they teach. So I really don't hold it against her for saying that. But I think it still doesn't get that icky feeling out of it. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't say that about like somebody's death. Like kind of weaponizing it. Mm-hmm. So I think, well, the thing is that the the aftermath from my mom's death, I think it really touched on the fact that they are just not really there for people. And the whole entirety of really taking you out of, like, your family and whatnot, like, just her death really was, like, the cherry on top. Of really seeing, like, the true colors of how they are, because I I really tried to be there, and it's just, it's just not it, and I guess also, like, the history part also made me kind of question a lot, like, throughout that year, I really questioned a lot of stuff, because they really get a lot of stuff wrong, (laughs) they get a lot of stuff wrong, And, and just being a historian is One of the things is like being analytical and questioning everything that people tell you. And I just constantly like question. And we even did the study of like, um, what was it, Moses or something like that. I think the the 12 churches, we were doing that. And I started questioning so much stuff that they started getting really uncomfortable that they stopped the whole study. Mm. They stopped the whole study. I was like, "Whoa, this is just because I'm asking questions. You're gonna stop the whole did study?" Did they rebuke
0: you? Like, did they ever rebuke you?
1: They tried to, so they but said I just you were said, yeah. Yeah, I was just being picky. I'm like, well, I, I just saw them. I thought we were welcome with, with questions. So which one is it? I I said to them like, "Are right, can we question or not?" Like, which one? is it? Uh, I'm not really sure and that was like the year I guess I was grappling already with grief and wanna like in that year I was just not taking shit from anybody I guess mm-hmm. so I started like really just saying like are we questioning or not are we trying to be analytical or not are we actually sure we're saying the right thing or not are we deceiving people or not what is it mm-hmm. started getting really uncomfortable I guess
0: If you were, if you were in school to be a historian and you're going to a church who's teaching like kind of loose, loosey goosey history. (laughs) It doesn't work. Two selves, like fighting against yourself all the time. Like, what are we doing here? Like history is like historically accurate information. And I'm in this organization that's teaching the truth of God, this spiritual reality to us and it's not lining up with what like is actual facts I mean that must have been so complicated I could see how it, there's an inevitable point in your life where that had to come to a head yeah it
1: I so the, the the I guess the main thing that really pushed me on the edge is this is why I decided like hey um I need a break like I can't do it it's because it kept doing for a whole month because I was coming late I was not, uh, I guess, preaching a lot. They started doing the Nepal video of how they were like, oh, something happened to them. And like the sister was still going. The brother was waking up really early to go to church and they still made it. And the deacon is at the time because they switch um, whoever is running the location. She basically pulled me aside and said, you know, the brothers and sisters in Nepal, they're able to do it and you should try harder. And I explained to her, you know, my sister's waking up and literally at three in the morning. I barely sleep. I'm barely eating. I'm barely grappling a lot. Like I'm barely functioning. I'm still here. And that's a miracle right now. And she said, you just need to try harder. You need to pray more and literally when she said that after the service I said I'm gonna go get a coffee that coffee extended to the train station and that train station stopped <laughs> went to the train stop and I just went home <laughs> and they started calling me and I'm like I can't talk right now I don't feel well <laughs> so I just said yeah, it's and after that she gave me a call she said i understand your mom passed away and and then she said i can understand losing a parent and literally her understanding and her analogy was to her mom being a stripper like because her mom left her family to become a stripper therefore her mom left and she didn't have a mom anymore so she had to take care of her siblings I'm like sorry to tell you this and I really got really annoyed and really mad and as I said let me cut you off my mom passed away it's a completely different thing I guess that was like the last straw and I just said I, I need a break like I can't I'm sorry I, I can't do this anymore Like, I need. I need a break I need a vacation yeah <laughs> That vacation's been four years now, and it will continue. Yeah.
0: So you never went back after that? You were done?
1: I, well, actually, I tried to go for one service, for a Tuesday service. I was very much pregnant at the time. Everybody looked at me very bitter. Mm. And so I told my team leader, yeah, I'll come
0: back. Yes, definitely. And never okay <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned when your mom was in the hospital that your now husband came to visit. was So was he a part of the church, and then did you guys leave together or what was no, his... he was never in the church? He wasn't. okay. so he was somebody... oh, he was
1: very skeptical, very skeptical. like he he kept like questioning everybody. My husband is like, if I'm analytical, he's like, above that
0: so that must have been really helpful for you coming out and then having somebody like that yeah I think in in some ways like
1: I tell this to my husband sometimes it's it's really hard to even think about the cult because it's so intertwined with my mom because of that key moment I guess it's it's really hard to even think about like her to Mm -hmm. not go back to that moment But it's I guess over time it's been healing. But the fact of them, I guess they they did put like seeds of doubt when my mom got pregnant. That's around the time when I started to really like sometimes like question because they would tell me like, you know, she's pregnant. Like that's not okay Like there's a demon and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, why are we looking at kids like demons? First of all. Like you would see a kid on the street and you would think, like, ha, look at that. He just got here. (laughs) (laughs) He just got here. He's not even baptized this demon. (laughs) He will suck our souls. Like, it's so sad. And the way that they treat kids, I just it's just so sad, to be honest.
0: So happy for you that now you can be out and you can raise your family, you know, and your children the way that you want to.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. That's, like, the the main thing. Like, I tell my husband all the time, I'm really glad at least I got out and my daughter's not going to be in it. Mm -hmm. At least that's a good part, I, I guess, if you could say a sacrificial lamb, in a way, of going into the cult seeing how it works that I can at least warn my daughter because you know they they really target young people and regardless of your background you can even have a good family and I've heard of members that they had a good background they had a really amazing childhood and they still end up in the, the cult so it's really an equal opportunity kind of place so I think in a way me going there I can teach her like hey you know if, if they try to really malip- manipulate you or these are the ways of it's a cult and you should watch out like you can think for me them their belief I really don't have a problem whatever they want to believe they can believe what you can believe in three gods and I really don't care it's just the fact of manipulating and being sucky in a way <laughs> mm. that's that's the problem mm. I have yeah. And, and I think even just relationship wise, like after I left, it took me literally three years, actually, yeah, last year to really get back to my normal self of being social. Because for those three years, I was so scared. I was going to come across a member because you really don't know where they're at. Like anybody can be a member. And I'm, I would ask questions to people, but like students at the school, because I'm in, in college, I will ask them like, tricky questions just to see if they're in the call or not so I can dodge it and not deal with that because at the moment I just did not want to talk to anybody that's from there now yeah I can definitely talk to them and just like try to f them a bit because <laughs> like trick them in a bit like mm-hmm. I'm in a good space now to do that but before I just it was like a paranoia constantly of anywhere I would go like is this a member or like the cashier at the store is not a member and am I going to get preached to am I going to get triggered like it's, it's a constant fear when you get out oh saw my husband encounter them today it was so today. funny I, yeah today <laughs> What? <laughs> so he went to Midtown to meet with his friend to do cigars right and he was like you know who I met I met one of those people you went to church with. I'm like, did you tell them to F off? He's like, basically. Wow. Um, and my husband is very crude. so He probably just said,
0: just F you. Sarah, thank you for being brave and sharing your story because you will be helping other people who are coming out and other people who are dealing with trauma after leaving. I
1: think it's also good to, for those who are leaving, treat it as grief. I think that's the way it would really help me because you're grieving. You're technically grieving. You're grieving the time that you lost. I mean, you're not getting 10 years out of back or four years. Like, I literally took four years and just threw it in the garbage, basically. You're not really getting that back. So just, like, grief, and that's a way of healing. just grieving it.
0: Thank you, Sarah. It was so nice to meet you. Boom, baby. (laughs) Yeah, that's great.
1: Okay.